The following program is rated TVMANOC. It contains a big pair of nuts directly on your chin. It is intended only for mature audiences. Viewer discretion advised. Body positivity is for burn victims and amputees, not for lazy, overweight snowflakes with no driver self-respect. Ooh, sorry, but thin white gym bros didn't come up with and don't get to redefine body positivity. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Obesity is epidemic in the United States and a major cause of death. What is fat activism? I, a fat person, am sharing my own lived experience. Pizza is a vegetable. Your fat phobia is your problem. It is not my place as a smaller bodied white man to comment on it. Radical body positivity. What can men do against such reckless hate? There's only one man who can help me. This is for you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. This day we fight! Full arm. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, the bacon is sizzling. Welcome to the Daily Swole. Testing, 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 test, 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 testing, testing, testicles, testing, testicles, testicles. Welcome everyone to episode 2756 of the Daily Mother Swole, the most muscular swole cast, beer cast, broadcast, gang cast, man cast, pimp cast, sleaze cast, and slay cast in realm because when I flex, you flex, we all flex our biceps. What's going on, beaches, booshes, busters, hustles, and your hoes? It's your boy, Papa Swolio, back with another episode. And today's episode of the Beast Cast is brought to you as powered, is sponsored by Everest and Kate 2 flexing on all you bees. Fucking Catalina one. Yeah. fucking Catalina one. All right, fam, welcome to the show. Uh, we are live on Rumble, rumble.com slash the Daily Swole. You can check all the links in the show notes down below if you're listening or watching on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review, share the podcast with your friends, and hit that thumbs up button. We are going deep today. I can't wait. It's episode 2756. What a what a, what an what a streak we got going on here. We're making sick fucking gains for 2756 days in a row and uh we're wow. not stopping anytime soon. So drop in the chat what are you smashing today? Let's get into today's episode. We have a great swole card to release and we'll get the falcon over here shortly. We have the tainty man. He's got the sleepies oh. and we do have the church. And we got some awesome swole fan posts. We'll take some questions. We'll read some emails. And of course, we will go balls deep. All right, fam, drop in the comments what you are smashing today. And let's get after it. Foul. <laughs> Put some respect on it. Nailed it.
right, fam, it's time for me to take you down to Yoke City. Hashtag get swole for a chance to win today's swole card. Nice and simple, straightforward. We're coming up on Thanksgiving, which is tomorrow. We're right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of fuck your resolution season. It is time to get swole. Stop making bullshit excuses. Go to the fucking gym and start making gains today. Hashtag get swole. Drop that in the comments for a chance to win today's swole card. That's a nice one. That's a nice one. Now let's moisturize and get into that tip. Babe, just an inch, just an inch. It's cold outside. All right, let's get into the first Swole Fan post. What we got for him, Bob? What's in the box? First one's from Brian. Brian says, howdy y'all. I'm Brian from Illinois and I'm 47. Have been an entrepreneur since 18 years old. 40-year veteran, type 1 diabetic, ready to get ripped. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Sounds awesome. I love how short and sweet that intro was and explained so much. 47, entrepreneur, veteran, 40 years, type 1 diabetic, ready to make gains. Good for you. Welcome to the fam, Brian. Stoked to have you with us. We got a post here from Matthew, and Matthew says, I never regret the workouts I show up for. Words of Papa and wise indeed. I felt so much better after I keep copies of my swole cards where I can see them throughout my day. My original ones are in my gun safe. Hey, that's a good place to keep your swole cards. You never know. Those are going to be, that's going to be like Picasso someday. You know, there's only one from every episode. So you have the only one from that episode. Each one's a rare, a rarity. Um, let's see. So I keep copies of my swole cards where I can see them throughout my day. Even my phone's background is the seven pillars. I remind myself throughout my day and showing up for the daily usually locks it in not to be a fucking jabroni. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Boom shakalaka! Where do you guys keep your swole cards? Curious. Because of course we got a big we got a big batch that's going out. We have a nice stack of some of the more recent ones that have to go out. We got uh the last two signature series cards are going out. We got the signature series merch going out. Uh, the new, the late, the last most recent one, we got a new signature series coming up in 40 days, 44 days. So we got a lot of stuff coming out. So if you're waiting on a swole card, um, it's on the way. So where do you keep your swole cards? Curious. And I've been seeing a lot of pictures and things of people that see all the cards I have on the wall. And I see people starting to do that for themselves. You write a quote and you can do this yourself. Don't think like, Oh, I can't write my own. Of course you can. Something that means something to you, something that impacts you, something that really, that helps you refocus, put it on your car, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on your vanity, whatever it is. But these things are great. And it's not the same. It's not to the same extent that I had in the uh, in my original swole hole because I haven't completely finished it. And Rufus rubbed a lot of them off because he stands up. You see this like open space over here. Uh, every time he stands up and he like wags his tail, he like knocks off swole cards. So he kind of cleaned that wall himself. So I kind of just stopped putting them over here. But, um, you know, every once in a while, they're just there. They're just in the background. They're always there. And every once in a while, you'll look at one and I'll kind of dig up a different thought or a different perspective. So it's good to have those things kind of always in the background. All right. So if you want to share that in the Telegram chat, yeah, share where you normally keep your swole cards. Take a picture and show us where you, how you swole card. How do you swole card? All right. Let's get into a couple email responses. We got a couple beast ones. Uh, go to makeemailswollagain.com if you are not yet on the email list. Makeemailswollagain.com and get my knowledge cock in your inbox. We got this one. Uh, we'll do the long one first. That's what she said. Okay. Uh, we got the number one supplement. Email the number one supplement. It's a long one from Domingo. And Domingo says, hi, Mr. Swolio. 
It's not normal for me to answer an email like this, but as I'm going to bed before picking up a book, seems like a great opportunity to write what's on my mind. I have a really light sleep and I wake up with the farts of birds two kilometers away. The farts of birds. Uh, I bought earplugs and eye masks to try to improve that, but the major change that I've decided that I've made in the past week is to stop drinking alcohol, maybe a few beers at a time. Oof, but that partying drinking mode is no more. A few beers at a time is a lot of drinking, just just for the record. Um, I slept like three hours after partying, woke up feeling like shit, cranky, irritable, and very, very depressed. My worst thoughts came to mind. I know this will not only help, but it's the mature way to live, and also those extra calories are gone. So I'm going to show off my gains. I live in Chile, and summer is coming. You've been a great inspiration on getting things done, especially those things we don't want to do. Just fucking do it. To end this, I want to say that I'm trying my best to convince my flatmate to move his fucking ass and do something about his life. Uh, and do something about his life. He smokes weed, tobacco, drinks alone, doesn't exercise, and spends all day sitting all day long in his work or binge watching every other fucking show and eats like shit. He'll die in 10 years. I know, you know, but you are changing lives for the best and making a better world. Thanks for everything. Thank you, Domingo. I love the post. Good for you. And you're absolutely right. Drinking destroys your sleep. It destroys your sleep. Some people say like, well, I need a couple drinks before bed or smoking weed before bed. It negatively affects the depth and the quality of your sleep. These sleeping aids, or people that use these things, these sedatives, in order to go to sleep. It might help you get to sleep, but it negatively affects the depth and the quality of your sleep. So some of you might argue, well, different strains of marijuana, and it's like, okay, fine, whatever. But really, honestly, by large margin, it negatively affects the quality of your sleep, which is very important. And some of you wear those watches or those rings and things like that. Uh, but any kind of sedative that helps you get to sleep usually negatively affects the quality of your sleep. So if you want to improve your sleep, it all comes down to the habits, it comes down to the food, comes down to, um, you know, the timing, comes down to your evening routine. It comes down to all of those things that really make a massive, massive difference. And it's a consistency going to sleep and having your routine at the same time every day. Trust me, don't underestimate how dramatic a difference it is for a half an hour change in your bedtime or an hour change. It can throw off your entire circadian rhythm because the human body did not evolve to have like random, like it wasn't random when the sun came up. It gradually shifts over time, right? You'll have shorter days in the winter, longer days in the summer, but it's a gradual couple minutes, couple minutes, couple minutes. And you'll see that if you look at the time, the sunrise or sunsets, it's like changes by a minute over the course of days. So that makes a big difference. Uh, Sandy responding to the same number one supplement email, which talks about sleep being the number one supplement. And I always say this, water is important. Uh, I think I would say water is probably more important than sleep just because you can go a few days without sleep. It, you would, you'll collapse, but you can only go a couple days without water. So water and sleep are pretty much like, boom, number one, number two. And then food. Sleep is much more important than food. Sleep and water are much more important than food in terms of survival. You know, So don't underestimate. Sleep is probably the most important thing. I would say probably sleep is the most. I know we talk about nutrition all the time. But sleep is something that even when people talk about diet, they talk about eating, they still don't prioritize sleep in the same way. People usually collapse rather than actually actively get sleep. So I want you to do this, fam. I want you to start practicing and start focusing on sleep like your workouts. If you take your nutrition seriously, if you take your training seriously, start putting that same kind of effort into your sleep and it'll change your life. All right, Sandy says, friends and family can't believe the amount of sleep I get every night, eight and a half hours, sometimes nine. 
They ask if I'm okay. I say, I feel fantastic. They say they don't know how I can sleep that long. I ask them, do you feel rested? The answer is usually no. I say, try my sleep strategy and see how you feel. They refuse to have a nighttime routine. Oh, well, their loss of sleep, their choice. Yeah, again, this is perfect. Right, what I was just saying is what Sandy mentioned. Most people get shit sleep. They don't feel rested. They feel exhausted, but they don't actually want to put any effort into actually getting more sleep. And of course, most people, they don't get good sleep. They don't eat quality food. They don't either eat enough protein. They don't they eat inflammatory food. They don't get enough micronutrients. They're stressed out all day. They don't exercise. So you add all those things up, it's going to negatively affect your ability to sleep. And how many of you get morning sun? The number one thing, I always say the number one thing, it's a little hyperbolic, but one of the most important things to getting a good night's sleep is getting sunlight first thing in the morning. And most people don't realize that. Getting a good night's sleep doesn't start right away because if you're used to going to sleep at 2 a.m. and you eat like shit, like I'm going to go to sleep at seven o'clock tonight. Good luck. You're going to lay there wide awake because your body is not used to that kind of shift. Changing your sleep schedule and going to sleep at midnight and trying to set a good schedule and just go to sleep at nine o'clock. It's like jet lag. You're in another time zone. You're just going to lay down and try to go to sleep at nine o'clock. And some of you are chronically exhausted. So if you lay down for a nap or something at 2 p.m., you just pass out. But most people that get good night's sleep, you'll lay down. You're just not tired. You might meditate or something, but you don't feel like going to sleep. Your body is not ready for sleep. But if you are just trying to change your sleep pattern by a few hours, that's going to be the same thing as being in a different time zone. So yeah, everyone's going to be sleeping. Everyone's going to be sleeping a little bit different in terms of length. Some people might need, they're really good at seven hours. Some people need eight or nine. Very rarely do people... Are people able to function and maintain health benefits with five or six hours? There are some rare genetic differences in some people that can do that and not have health negative side effects, but it's like a rare genetic mutation. A lot of people say that they have that, but it's usually they're chronically exhausted and just power through and they, it doesn't really actually work that way. So most people need at least seven to eight hours of sleep. But imagine if people took Imagine if people took um, their sleep as seriously as their training. So I encourage you to do that. Think about the seven pillars. Uh, pillar number four is recovery. Recovery, sleep falls in that category. So of course, there's other things that affect sleep. If you don't eat well, it's going to negatively affect your sleep. If your community and your environment sucks, it can negatively affect your sleep because of stress. If you are not exercising, you might have a lot of pent up energy and again, stress and just anxiety and you're not um, going to be able to get quality sleep. So there's a lot of things that can negatively impact your sleep. And sleep is very sensitive. You know, you need a dark room, cold room. You need to, to cut out all the blue lights. Just people do not take care of their sleep. And they wonder why they feel like shit. And then guess what they do? They're sucking down peppermint mocha lattes and caffeine all day and Red Bulls and monster drinks because they're exhausted. They're not eating well, so they're not getting micronutrients, they're not sleeping well, so they're chronically exhausted. Of course, you're going to need these drugs and these uh, stimulants in order to barely function. And what I was going to go back, and I just remember what I was talking about, early morning sunlight. It sets your circadian rhythm. The first thing that I do when I wake up, I wake up and I go outside barefoot into the sun or into whatever light as early as possible. Sometimes I'm not up at dawn where the sun's coming up for like the lower wavelengths, but okay, I do my best, but I get outside and I get sunlight first thing. And that sets your entire body schedule. It lets your body know, Hey, this is wake up. 
you'll wake up. You need sunlight on your eyes. And then uh, it allows you to, it sets the tone for the day because then by the time the sun's going down in the evening, you want to get evening sun. You want to get that sunset sun on your eyes as well because it lets your body know, hey, the day is starting and it lets your body know the day is ending. Okay. And then after the sun goes down, it should be all red light, no blue light. You should be cutting all that out because it's not natural for our bodies. After the sun goes down, we would have a fire going. We don't have bright fluorescent lights. I know some of you have jobs and things like that where you work in the evening and it's unfortunate, but as soon as you can, you should be shutting that down because if you have an irregular schedule, if you're getting a lot of blue light at 11 o'clock at night, you're watching TV and your eyes are all hyper stimulated. What do you think is going to happen? You're going to have trouble just going right to sleep because your brain still thinks it's daylight. And if your brain still thinks it's daylight and you're exhausted, it's going to say, hey, give me some sugar. Give me some energy. We need to perk up because we're tired. So you're going to have more hunger cravings, more sugar cravings, more, you know, more of these things that will lead you to overconsuming calories because and junk food because you are chronically exhausted and you should be sleeping. So your body's saying, well, give us a boost. And the amount of people that drink caffeine and energy drinks and stuff in the afternoon and evening, having caffeine within like 10 or 12 hours of going to sleep is going to fuck up your ability to fall asleep. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of issues there. Okay. Let's get into some knowledge cock. Awesome times. All right. Respect. Fam. Let's get into some comments. If you have questions, drop in the chat. Hashtag Ask Papa Solio. We are live on Rumble. Rumble.com slash The Daily Swole. Make sure you subscribe. Share with your friends. Podcasts available everywhere. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and share the stream. We are here live every day. So we help you go to the fucking gym, and we sling knowledge cock every day. Never miss a day. Why miss a day when you should be fucking training and taking care of yourself every day? So we're here every day to make sure we anchor your life. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Swole Sama, how you start your day sets the energy for the day. Agreed. Let's see. Loretta, sleep quality given zero attention. 100% important. Ellie, sure do. That sunrise light is awesome. Indeed. Uh, Ellie says, alcohol made my sleep worse and I wasn't sleeping well to begin with. The best decision I made was to kick the alcohol. Agreed. I haven't had a drink in two years. And it's not like I was drinking a ton, but I would have like some whiskey now and again. I just don't have the taste for it anymore. I just don't want it. I just don't want it. I don't have any interest in it. That would probably fuck me up now. It would probably fuck me up. I'd probably get acid reflux or something like that if I started sipping on it. And things like whiskey, if you're drinking single malts or scotch, it's an acquired taste. You haven't had it for a while. It, it takes a little bit to get back into it. I'll clean the floors with it or something. Just have had no interest in having any. And I have a, I have a couple bottles over there that were just like on the, cause we had a whole area where I had my cigars and we had some wine and glasses hanging. It was like a little display. And we realized, why do we have this display for all the stuff that we're not drinking at all? So we just moved it. Now it's all on top of the cabinets in the kitchen, just shoved in the corners, just get out of the way. And I put a kettlebell rack over there. So I put kettlebells where I had, the uh the scotch and stuff like that i just wasn't using it it's like why do we have all these bottles of alcohol that we're not drinking they're just sitting there it was literally just sitting there 
Okay, let's see. Emily, my husband was a drill instructor for three years and his sleep was a mess, working 18 to 20 hours a day, random cat naps, sometimes being up for 48 plus hours at a time. He took years to recover and his sleep to improve. Yeah, I was up all night uh, this past week. I've talked about this with the Swole fam because uh, I think it was on the round table day. We uh, we had a storm down here. Some of the canopies in my gym tore and I was it was so loud. I had to go out there and make sure things were anchored and use tarps to cover some of the machines while the you know, so they wouldn't get wet from the rain. And I was just up all night and I haven't done that in a while. And it fucking, I was pretty, I was pretty good the next day. I was pretty, I was cruising. I was cruising, but yeah, it, it was not something that I would want to do again. I've always had that ability to stay up. Some people they're like, Oh, groggy. They can't stay up late. This I always could, if I need to, like I'm up, I'm, I'm totally fine. I can get on a different schedule. I can be awake. I can power through. I can just I can get shit done, but it's not good. It's not good. And when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to alcohol and stuff, it's a, uh, once you learn, and I think really for a lot of people, this is why we always, I always try to explain why when we're doing programs and all this type, different type of stuff, I always try to explain why you want to do certain things. Cause if you understand why, and you educate yourself as to the the benefits or the downsides of what you're doing you're less likely to, to do them. If you understand how bad or how important sleep is and how bad it is to not get quality sleep or how bad it is for your body to drink alcohol, you have that information. It's really hard when you're trying to, if you're, if what you do is to improve your health and what you do is focus on things to make incremental improvements, you can't justify it to yourself psychologically. You're just lying to yourself. You can't justify making that decision. So people say, how do you not cheat? Or how do you do those things? Because I know this is garbage food and I don't want to put it in my body. So I don't have that craving. I don't have that, mm, I would love to put that in my mouth. I know what it is. And I don't want to do it. And I don't have this psychological battle of feeling like a worse person. or I'm so stressed out because I can't eat a pizza. I just don't want to eat a pizza because it's shit. It's garbage. There's no reason that should be going in my face. I know what it is. I know what it's going to do to my body. Am I going to die if I eat it? Of course not. But it's just not something that I want to do. And I just don't have a taste for it because I know what it is. I know what it's not, too. It's not a fucking steak. You know what I mean? It's not a steak, baby. Chantal, Papa Soy, I broke a bone in my right hand. What can I still do in the gym? Leg day. Let's fucking go and do machines or things that you don't have to use your hand for. Sorry to hear that. Keep crushing it. You could do everything. You could do chair yoga, do anything that doesn't negatively affect your hand. Every break is different. So depending on what you can or can't do, just got to work around it. But absolutely no reason to not exercise, right? Andrew, Papa Slowly, why is it that when you're dehydrated, your body thinks it's hungry? Uh, well, it's just why? It's just the mechanism. If you're ignoring your thirst mechanism, your body, because you get moisture from food. So your body will trigger anything to get moisture consumption. So if you are, if you're, and also if you're dehydrated, you're going to be fatigued. It negatively affects your performance. So your body will also be like, okay, we need sugar. It needs something to boost, something to boost energy. So it's also, if you ignore your thirst mechanism, your body's going to trigger your hunger mechanism because usually people get moisture with food and also your body needs some sort of, you know, pick me up because you're, when you're dehydrated, it negatively affects all your entire system. Uh, Lindsay, what's on your plate for Thanksgiving? We are smoking a brisket. Uh, we're going to Mama Solio's brother's girlfriend's 
place for Thanksgiving. Um, what's on my plate? I just probably gonna, I'm guess I'm gonna cook first, or I'm gonna bring steak. I'm just gonna eat steak. I don't know what they're having. I think the father got like some ordered in some oysters or something like that for everyone to like shuck like some really big oysters. And I guess they're gonna make stuff. I don't know, but I'm I'm gonna cook or make steak or bring steak or something like that, or eat first. I don't I don't know. I, I don't. It's not important to me in, in terms of that. Like, I'll, I'm totally fine. I'll, I know I'll get my food. Either I bring it. I'm not sure what we're planning on doing, if we're going to cook it first and then bring it up or whatever. But there's some things there that I'll probably eat. Like that, I'll have some oysters. Hopefully, I don't fucking die or something. <laughs> Steak. Steak. Ah, Steak. All right, more questions. Let's see what we got here. Let's take a few more. A few more questions. Uh, let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. Eli, Ellie, Renault. Eli. Pompasolia, is it bad to go to the fucking gym even though having sore muscles from last time? Well, you shouldn't be training sore muscles because you're not recovered. So recovery is very important. You might need to adjust your training split. Like if your upper body is sore and you're training upper body, you're not even recovered. So most people don't train enough, don't train hard enough, and they don't recover properly. So, and remember, just because you're sore doesn't mean that you trained properly. You could be sore from just causing muscular damage, but it's not as a result of mechanical tension. So you can be sore for different reasons. And this is what a lot of people misinterpret. A lot of people misinterpret soreness as having a good workout. Soreness doesn't mean that you are growing. Soreness doesn't mean that you trained properly. Soreness does not mean that you're going to be building muscle. Soreness does not mean that you're increasing strength. It's the mechanical tension and the progressive overload. So that mechanical tension is important. This is why time under tension is bullshit. People say, well, it's time under tension. It's not. Because if you lift 10 pounds, you go really, really slow. You're not going to be building muscle because there's very little mechanical tension. So people that think they're going to go lightweight and move the weight slower and get the same results, they're wrong all these silly marketing things um is nonsense it's mechanical tension progressive overload kickoff motivation papa Swolio, what is your favorite triceps exercise my recommendation don't pick favorites do what works best um there are a bunch of tricep exercise that i do the ones that i usually either rotate or include will be a push down I do different types of pushdowns. I like overhead pushdowns or overhead extensions, whether leaning or standing. I like cross body extensions and or using a long rope to hit the long head of the triceps more. And I like my Smith machine pullover skull crushers. Whenever I did bar skull crushers, I always like doing a pullover motion gets a little bit more of the long head too, but I like doing it on a Smith machine. Smith machines are legit. I love Smith machine tricep extensions, supine. I do mine. <clears throat> the way I like to do mine are usually on like a slight, very low, like 10 degree incline. I let my arms drop all the way back behind my head, do a pullover an extension with my Smith machine. So it doesn't really matter which tricep exercise you do, but some sort of standard push down. You want to hit all heads of the tricep, but a good push down exercise and a good like skull crusher or overhead or supine extension. It's great. I don't really have favorites though, but when I come across a movement that is just hitting it in the right way, dips are fantastic too. 
So there's no favorite. There's just different exercises, but I don't do a ton of volume for triceps. You don't need triceps get damaged very easily. Same thing with biceps. You only need a few sets a week. So I'll do, if I do chest every three or four days or four days or so, I'll do probably two sets of triceps on each day. So it's like four to five total sets in the week, which is a, which is plenty. If you're training them hard. Remember, if you're trained to failure, you don't need tons of volume. You don't want tons of volume. It's real gut game. Okay. What's a good back exercise for getting bigger back when you have a curved spine? Well, we all have curved spines. You don't want to... <laughs> do you have, do you have um, scoliosis? You don't want a straight spine, per se. So it's good to have those curves. Uh, it's good to have a you know thoracic curve and a lordotic curve. So I'm just going to ignore the curved spine part because you got to make sure you're doing things that are benefiting you practicing yoga, decompression, whatever it is to make sure that you are, you know, you're strengthening your back and doing stuff like that properly. But getting a bigger back depends on how you mean. Do you want to get wider? Do you want to have a thicker back? So any kind of row chest supported rows are fantastic for a thicker back. Uh, training your back is all about the elbow position. It's all about the elbow position. Okay. So flaring your elbows more out to the side is going to hit more rhomboids, middle trap, posterior deltoids. So if you want a thicker upper back, a lot thicker elbows come up higher. If you want to hit more lats, then you want to keep your elbows more to the sides, but also you can do, you know, a wider grip for a little bit more of the, the width of the upper lats. Um, you'll also get like the thoracic or the lumbar lats or the iliac lats as well. But if you want to do hit the lats, you want to do either keep your arms close or in the frontal plane from a more vertical pull, like a pull down or a wide grip pull up or doing some sort of high row or kind of like a straight ahead chest supported row, which are great for machines or cables or a low row machine. There are a lot of different ways to do it. You can lay on a bench with dumbbells if you don't have those machines or cables. Totally fine. So... Yeah, I mean, what's a good back exercise? Really, any exercise is good if it's more stable and you could progressively overload it. And the reason why, I mean, barbell rows are fantastic, but at the same time, you have weakest link, like your lower back and things like that, that will potentially negatively affect your ability to overload the back musculature. If you are doing a chest-supported row, it takes out all those additional muscles that are going to take away from what you're trying to target. Not bad, just different. So you just want to make sure that you're able to pick an exercise that you can progressively overload. Kara, Alexis, my favorite cuss word. Well, fuck is a standard. I do love cunt. Cunt is great. Twat is fantastic. Twant is great. I like the combination of twat and cunt. Uh, mook is not really a bad insult, but it sounds very close to like a racial slur. So I like it. I like it. So mook is pretty much like an idiot. Uh, mook is great. Let's see. Uh, jabroni. These aren't cuss words. These are just like derogatory terms in general, but it could also be. So cunt, twat, fuck, twant, mook, jabroni. They're all good. Chundergunge. Uh, but I think the best cuss words are just things that aren't even words, just phrases that you'll say. To... Yeah. So there's so many. There's so many. Thundercunt. Yeah, anything that look, I mean, my favorite cuss word, anything that is gonna make someone uncomfortable, 
or take offense because otherwise it's not really something that, okay, favorite cuss word. If I'm saying a cuss word to someone, for example, and they don't get upset about it, is it really, there is a better choice out there. So it could depend on the person. Mo Chambo is not a, that, that might be an insult, but it's a, uh, Koi baby, Papa Solio, best exercise to isolate glutes? Yes, total girl question. Hey, you're not really going to isolate the glutes completely. You're going to be doing, it's going to be hitting other body parts. So isolation is kind of nonsense. Um, hip, hip bridges. Barbell hip bridges or a glute machine. That's how you do it. You could use ankle weights and stuff like that. I see a lot of people doing the stupid kickback things with cables and stuff like that. Look, I mean, it's glutes are not complicated. But I would stop thinking about it as an isolation movement and start just getting stronger and building muscle overall. So 45 degree hyper, glute hyper extensions are fantastic. Uh, reverse hypers are great. Um, kettlebell swings are great. Sumo, not sumo deadlifts, but like deficit, you know, partials. So you're doing like partial repetitions from like a deep sumo squat with a deficit. Um, with the weight in the middle, like a kettlebell or a T-bell. Uh, yeah, heavy barbell hip thrusts. There's all variations there. Again, find something that you can progressively overload. So you're, you're better off doing, instead of like a single leg or a cable, like those are much harder to progressively overload because they're less stable and the form can be a negative negating factor. But if you are, if you are using let's say a barbell thrust or a, or a glute thrust machine, something that you can, again, something that you can progressively overload, something that you could train to failure that's more stable that you can progressively overload. Because you're doing a barbell hip thrust, you could add five pounds, you could add another 10, you could add a little bit, and you can quantitatively make those minute improvements. If you're doing some of these other exercises, it's much harder if you're using ankle weights, you can't go up half a pound or one pound. And you have to do a lot of kicks and a lot of reps and, it's less stable. So when there's less stability, other muscles and weaker muscle groups and stabilizing muscles get fatigued and um, your form starts to break. So it's really hard to completely focus as much as possible on that muscle. That's why machines and a lot of these things can be very beneficial. So remember, you want to build muscle. So isolate the glutes. You want to train the glutes hard. And the glutes can take a little bit more volume because it's harder to it's just a thicker muscle tissue. You don't get the same type of stretch as other body parts because once you get past that range, the way the glutes insert, you can't, it's really hard to like stretch the glutes a lot. You'll take over the hamstrings. So RDLs are fantastic. It's really the accumulation. I would just make sure you're programming on different body parts you're using. You're focusing a lot on that hip hinge. So RDLs are great. Um, you can do those deficit sumo deadlifts, you know, to really hit the glutes with like a partial range of motion. But just understand that the glutes have a limited range of motion, a specific range of motion that will be most targeted, and uh, they can take a little bit more volume. So just make sure that you are picking some that you can overload. One of the best things that I like to do is the 45-degree hyper with a band. You can use a kettlebell too, but a band is fucking great. Gnarly. It pulses. It's nasty. Oh. Gordito list. Papa went to the gym last night like normal and every treadmill is being used by people I've never seen before about 11 p.m. Cool story, man. People are at your gym? My God. People were at the gym? Wow. Cool. That's good. Good. Um, L. Jizz. 
Algiers or jizz, jizzes. <laughs> Papa Soli, what do you eat for protein? Beef, eggs, grass-fed whey protein concentrate. Uh, raw dairy. I like food. I like to eat food. You want to solve most of your issues, people? Eat more protein. And eat bioavailable protein. Don't eat more of that pea shit, okay? You want to take care of, like, you want to fast better. You want to feel more satisfied. You want to have less cravings. Eat more protein. Most people dramatically under-eat protein. I'm telling you, if you focus protein, number one, you're going to be much more satisfied. That's what you should, that's what you should be spending most of your money on because protein is the most expensive that you're going to get. Carbohydrates are cheap. Fats are cheap, you know, relatively speaking. Focus on getting your protein in. Yeah. All right, I'll take that one. That's. I give it a. Uh, come a on ten. now, don't. A ten, a fucking ten. Ernest Freebird, sore elbow, push-up test. How do I cheat? Uh... Matt Damon. What does that even mean? You have a sore elbow. Well, it's going to be sore. Kind of hard to get around a sore elbow when you're doing push-ups. Maybe move your hands a little bit wider so you're not bending your elbow as much. Find a pos- I don't know. Depends on how you have to do it for the test. I don't know what's going on here. Michelle, 9.5. Swole Salmon, 7.9. Thank you, thank you. Mark felt that aftershock in Chicago. Let's fucking go. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a Hell problem yeah. figuring out whether you're for me or yeah. Trump, and you ain't black. A seven, Elizabeth. Respect. T. Jansen, 881956. Thanks for your social security number. Papa Solio, how do I make a proper training schedule? I want to focus on one group of muscles at a time. Well, you can join Swanormous X. We have our programs that you can customize, but also you can just pick them body parts, one or two body parts overall that you want to bring up the most and focus on the most and make sure those are getting ample recovery and subsequent recovery between training them again. So make sure you're split, uh, prioritize those first. Any muscle group that you're trying to prioritize, and like I always say, you can only prioritize one or two body parts overall on a program. So make sure that is gonna be recovered. So if you're training that on a Tuesday, make sure the next time you train it that you're having enough days between training that again when you're recovered, and that's gonna depend on your volume, your intensity, and um, your recoverability. So not everyone, if we all do the same program, if you all jump on the program that I'm doing or the way I'm training, some of you might be great with it. Some of you might be still sore and fatigued and it might be too much. So it depends on how, just because it's good for me doesn't mean it's gonna work as well for you. Maybe you don't recover as fast as I do. Maybe it takes you another day or two. So this is something that I had to figure out. So what I do is I make sure, and I see, okay, if I'm doing this body part in five days of rest, can I do it in four? And if I try it in four and I still make progress, I'm still feeling good overall, then cool. I can, then four days is enough. But if I want to do it in four, okay, let's say I'm a little bit, it was a little bit too much. I was still a little bit fatigued. What if I do that with a little bit less volume? So am I able to make more progress by doing a little bit less volume and a little bit less recovery time, but I'm doing less volume so I'm able to recover faster. Does that get me more progress? Am I able to lift more over time? Am I making better improvements? So I feel better. So instead of doing six sets and resting for five days, what if I do four or five sets and rest for five, rest for four days? I play around with different things. 
and a day or two here and there, just default to more recovery. If you're like, oh, I can't, like, don't worry if, if I couldn't do this body part today. Let me wait until tomorrow. I'll do some yoga instead. That's fine. More repair and more healing is not going to be bad for you. The problem is when you start cutting down recovery, it's a product of your intensity and your volume. So if you're doing eight sets in a workout, you're going to need a lot more repair. Now, you might be better off doing three or four sets, a little bit less recovery between and doing three or four sets again in three or four days rather than doing eight sets um, because eight sets is much more fatigue. And remember, those eight sets might take you seven days to recover. Let's just say. So if you're doing eight sets and taking seven days to recover, is that also physiologically exhausting you from other body parts? So let's say you're doing each body part every seven days. And let's say every body part, let's just say 10 sets because it's an even number. And it's just, I mean, eight's an even number too, but 10 is just, it's a good starting point. So let's say every body part in your split, you're doing seven days, you're training it every seven days, we're doing 10 sets. Think about how much more volume that is. Let's say every body part, let's say you're doing a five day training split, 10 sets. Each of those five workouts, um, you're doing 10 sets. So that's 50 sets. Okay. So you're doing 50 sets in that cycle. That's a lot of volume overall. Remember, just because you're training chest or whatever, a push day or whatever it is, doesn't mean like that's still affecting your same, the same body that's going to have to do legs. That's going to have to do pull active. That's going to do back. That's going to have to do uh, biceps and triceps. So it's not just, is that body part getting enough sets? It's, is that volume for that one day also negatively affecting? It's the cumulative volume overall. So it's, it's very important to understand that if I do 10 sets for a body part, that's going to negatively affect the ability and the intensity and the performance for other body parts. So if I'm doing 50 sets for volume overall, what if, right? What if I could train hard instead of doing 10 sets? What if I could do five? So think about this. If I did five sets for body part and so that in the five days, let's say that's total 25 sets instead of 50 sets, I cut the volume in half. Well, now I can train really hard, get results with each of those body parts, but I also physiologically, I have more energy. I'm performing better in all of those other body parts. I still have priorities, but I'm still making progress and I have more energy and physiologically as a system, I have more energy because I'm doing less volume overall. So it's not just local recovery, it's systemic recovery. So this is why it's very important for, th th this, is, this is why it's important for the intensity and the volume because it's not just that local muscle group. It's the entire body. So you have to think about it in that sense too. Just because you can handle 10 sets for chest doesn't mean you should. You're not getting, it, it's diminish, definitely diminishing returns. You don't need 10 sets. So if you're training intensely, you're training to failure, four, five, six sets. I go four to six sets. Anything more than that, I'm not training hard enough. I'm just doing more volume. It's just diminishing returns. It's not that I'm not going to make progress. It's that I don't want to do six sets or seven sets or eight sets if I can get the same results with four. Why do more when you can get the results from doing less? You have to think about it like this. The tendency is always to want to do more, but more isn't better because the more you do, the more fatigue you're going to incur, and it's going to negatively affect the performance and your execution and your recovery from other workouts. So you have to keep that in mind. Okay. You have to keep that in mind. 
So that's how you make a proper training schedule and you have to play around with it, depending on your split, depending on how much recovery works well for you. So for me, and it's always micro changes. It's like, okay, I'll try to cut down. Let me, if I do this every X amount of days, if I'm prioritizing it, I want to give more recovery, but I want to train it as frequently. I want to train a body part as frequently as I can, as long as I'm recovering to make progress. So if I cut down the recovery and I still feel a little sluggish, I don't feel like training emotionally, I don't perform well, then I know it's either two things. It's too much volume and, or it's not enough recovery, but I also have to check and think like, okay, did I get good sleep? Was I up all night? Did I... Did, are there other things or other factors that are going to negatively affect it? So the more consistent that I am with all my execution with nutrition and sleep and training and everything else, the more I can see these like micro changes. So if I want to do a little bit more volume, I'm going to have to add in probably another day of recovery to make sure I repair. But if it's not, if I don't need to add that more volume, then why do that? So it's really important to understand how intense and how, how much volume you're doing and your recoverability. So if two days, if I train on Monday for chest, and then I'm trying to do again on Thursday. It's a little bit too much, but if I do Friday, I can see the numbers go up. I feel good. I'm recovered with this volume. So if I do four or five sets, maybe six sets, I can recover. If I do seven or eight, that's going to start being a problem. But considering seven and eight really isn't required, why do seven and eight and then do another day of recovery when I can just do four or five train every you know Monday Friday? That's twice in a seven to 10 day cycle. And if I'm doing five sets on each, that's 10 total sets in a routine. That's plenty. That's plenty. So it depends. The more sets you do, the more recovery you need, but everyone's going to be different. The question is how intense are you training? If you're not training quite to failure and you're leaving some stimulating reps in the tank, you're going to need more volume. So guess what that means? You're going to need more recovery. So if you're training and leaving a couple reps in the tank, you're not training to absolute failure, then are you leaving one, two or three reps? Then you're going to need three sets per body part or per, per set per exercise. You might need 10 or 12 total sets, which is going to mean you're causing more damage. You're causing more fatigue. You're going to need more recovery before you train that body part again. So as you get more advanced where I am with my training, I can produce so much force. I can cause so much focused attention. And I've been doing this for a long time. I don't need the same type of, it's much more overloading on my body. So remember I have the same body that I did 15 years ago, only I can train much, much harder. Okay. I have a lot more muscle mass. I can produce so much more internal tension. That's how you overcome resistance, internal force, overcoming an external resistance. So because I'm going so much harder and able to train so much more to failure, it's much more physiologically demanding than when I first started lifting. So I don't need as much volume. I don't need the same type of volume. I can do so with much more intensity and less volume. And I'm also older, so it's harder to recover than it was when I was 22. It's just a process. And plus, I'm causing much more, just much more stress on the body. I don't need as much of it. So it's important to target. It's just being more efficient. So when I do chest, I'll do two sets of incline. Like today, I'm going to do chest and I'm going to do push. So today, here's what I'm going to do. Today, I'm going to do two sets of Smith machine incline. I'm going to do two sets of my hammer strength flat press. I'm probably gonna do one set of, of uh, a fly movement, maybe my pec deck or my power tech um, fly machine. And then I'll do one set of shoulder press. I'll probably do two sets of a middle deltoid lateral raise movement. And then 
two sets of triceps. And it doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm also going to be doing it again. Let's see. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be doing it again on Sunday. So if you add that up overall, that's in a given, because you know I don't go back off uh, by 10 days, by seven days. But in this cycle, all right, within seven or eight days on like a general week, you know, six to eight days, whatever it is. I know a week is seven days, but you get the point. It's like not, there's no hard line where it's like seven days. This is just an arbitrary number, right? The calendar loops, but it doesn't mean that our bodies loop. So it's really just everyone's different. So it's really on your recovery cycle. What's a good recovery cycle? What's your time frame? So if I'm doing twice in a given cycle, in a given week period, just for argument's sake, that means that's 10 sets of chest. That's one to two sets of overhead press because I did two sets last time. So if I feel good after that first one, I might do another one, but you have to be very careful upping the volume because two is double the volume as one. So I have to be very careful. And if I did a little bit more volume on the previous push day, I might drop the volume a little bit this one and then go a little bit. I might do two sets the next one, do one set this time and then do two sets of overhead press that time. Maybe today I end up doing six sets for chess. So maybe I'll pull back for one set. You know, I don't want to just one set here, one set here. Eventually you're just doing, you know, one set, one set, one set. It creeps up. So you only have to tweak, you know, a little bit of thing here. So then that's four sets for triceps. That's more than enough for a body part in the week, especially the triceps. You're training hard enough. And then if I do two sets for middle deltoid and then the next time I do chest or the push day, that's four total sets. And then for overhead pressing, that's two to four total sets. And plus I'm doing posterior deltoid on my pull day. So I'm doing one or two sets. So like you, you get, you accumulate over time. Remember, it's not, oh, I only did this amount. Well, I'm doing it again in a few days. So if I know I'm doing it again in a few days, I'm splitting up the volume it doesn't mean I do more. A lot of people split up body parts or they do it, quote, twice in a week so they can train more volume. How many of you have heard people doing that, right? So instead of doing like eight sets, they'll be like, okay, I'll do six here and six then, so I'm doing 12 sets. So you're doing more volume and you're hitting it more often. So you're increasing the volume and decrease and increasing the frequency. This is how people overtrain, under recover and get hurt and stop seeing progress is that you're better off doing, if you're doing eight sets, break it up and do two sets of four or two sets of three and train it harder, do less volume, but have that recoverability. Play around with it. What's the worst that can happen? You get stronger. You want to do as little as possible. You want to do as little as you need to create the stimulus, to make the progress and to recover most efficiently. And this is what's most important. And I know we always, I always go on a rant when we talk about training intensity, but it's something that has to be gone over and over and over again because people think more is better. It's not. More is not better. You need to train harder. You need to be more intent. You need to have more intent with what you're executing and what you're doing and understand that your body needs to recover as a system. People are just way too focused on the individual area. Well, am I still sore? You can't train seven days a week and just think you're going to recover unless you're doing very low volume, high intensity. It's still, it could be very challenging. You still need some time off from the intensity. So just make sure you're adjusting that. Oops. That's deep. All right. So let's get into, 
Let's get into some balls deep content running a little behind. So let's hustle into it. First, balls deep video. What we got for them? Let's see. Hmm. I'm gonna kick us off. We'll do that one. Oh, these are horrible. This one's called over 200 pounds. Over 200 pounds. What's in the box? I'm over 200 pounds. Making gains. If you're over 200 pounds and you're a girl, you just probably understand this. When people comment because you're over 200 pounds and they're like, you might as well just go to the gym. You might as well just eat healthy. Like, why do people think you don't work out and you don't eat healthy and you're over 200 pounds? Like, Because you're a fucking linebacker. You're not naturally like over 200 pounds unless you're 6'5 as a woman. Okay. Did you know that women can exist in a 200 pound body? These comments are so stupid. Yes, I know women can exist in a 200 pound body. Have you been to Walmart? I know just because someone can exist in a 200 pound body doesn't mean they should be existing in a 200 pound body. Most people exist in 200 pound bodies. Most people are fat and unhealthy and next to dying. So most people are grotesque. They're gross. Their habits are disgusting. So I know that, yeah, I'm well aware that they exist in unhealthy bodies. But thank you for the reminder. Well, also going to the gym. Like, I go to the gym three to four times a week sometimes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Well, look, you're also not taking, you're not doing it properly. I don't know. Just because you go to the gym, look, the janitor goes to the fucking gym. Okay. The front desk person goes to the gym. Are you lifting heavy weights? Are you eating properly? Are you getting quality sleep? Are you These are the things that are much more important than, oh, you go to the gym? Congratulations. How many people have Planet Fitness memberships and never go? That's why that company's in business. Okay. And I'm still over 200 pounds. My whole life I've been over 200 pounds. Like, Jesus it Christ. just blows my mind how people just are so quick to say, go work out, go eat healthy. Like, Again, what are we talking about going eat healthy? This girl thinks eating healthy is salads probably. Okay. Salads ain't healthy, fam. You want to go chew on leaves? Good luck with that. All right. You're going to look like a fucking hippo. So eating healthy, what, how do you define that? Going to the gym? What are you doing at the gym? It's important. Come on. Going and doing a bunch of cardio ain't going to get you great results. It's not. Most of the people you see doing cardio are fucking fat. They look the same all the time. It's lifting weights. It's lifting heavy. It's eating properly, not healthy eating properly because healthy people think of as like, Ooh, I just ate an oatmeal cookie. That's healthy. It's gluten-free. You can be healthy and you can be over 200 pounds. Yeah. If you're a fucking dude with 15% body fat, I don't even know what the hell body fat, but I just guessed I'm probably less than 15. I don't know what the hell I am, but can you could be healthy and be over 200 pounds. What are you defining as healthy? These are vague terms. And if you're a female and it honestly, look, if, if, if you look like you, there's definitely a lot of improvement because you shouldn't, there's no reason to be that soft and obese. Just saying. We're here to help. The number on the scale does not define your health. Okay. The number on this. Okay. So I don't disagree with that, but that doesn't make an argument for what you were saying though. All right. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. All right. Emotional damage. Let's see. Gen let's, do, let's go with gender neutral sizing. Let's get back into some fashion. What do you hear? What do you say? You were born weighing 200 pounds. What's in the box? Um, how tall do you have to be as a woman to be over 200 pounds? Like, and be a good, you know, not be obese and fat. How tall do you have to, how tall would you have to be as a woman? Six, two. 
I don't even know if a 6'2 woman would be 200 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, what would that be as a woman? 6'4"? I feel like even if you're 5'10", you would be like 170. Because women that are tall like that are usually like slender. Like, how tall do you have to be to not be obese and be over 200 as a female? Uh, you have to be up there, right? What, what do you guys think? Like 6'2"? All right, so Lindsay says, I was 191 pounds at five foot six and I was as big as a house. All right, so if you were really obese, like really big as a house, five foot six, 191. So that might, I might be right with that, right? Six two or six four? And how many women are six four? Like 0.0000000001 of all women. Emily, I was 200 pounds at nine months pregnant with my first. At five foot six, I was miserable. Hmm. Ellie, I'm 5'11 in most of my adult life. Okay, so thank you. So I guess I'm about right. Uh, approximately, right? Of course, it depends. But Ellie says, I'm 5'11. You're tall. And most of my adult life, I've weighed 185. Now, were you 185 and like, were you more like vertical? Or would you consider yourself at that weight? Were you... I'm not talking about like, you know, of course we have skinny fat too, right? Low muscle mass, but were you just, or were you, did you have like any, you know, were you like overweight or obese looking at that? Uh, positive charisma, 200 is the top normal weight section, 6'4", for women. So 6'4", 6'2", 6'4". Yeah, 5'11", 185 sounds like, it sounds like you're probably a good weight for that height. All right. And remember, what we're, what we're talking about here is we have to build muscle because what people talk about when they go, I go to the gym, I go to the treadmill. Uh, who was it? Was it um, Gordito Lifts or someone? All right. That was saying that the treadmills were all taken up. Fam, like get off the cardio machines. I'm not saying cardio is bad. And, you know, I talk about doing the Versa Climber and doing high intensity interval stuff like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Once, like there's benefits. I'm not saying it's bad and you can enjoy doing that stuff, but you have to build muscle. People have to start building muscle. And I always say that lift fucking weights enough with the cardio shit. Eat steak, lift weights. Don't complicate it. Gender neutral sizing. Let's go. Let's talk about this. No. If we have not met yet, my Damn. name is Maxine. I'm a gender neutral clothing designer who sort of prioritizes trans and non-binary folks. And a gender, if you have a gender neutral uh, uh, all right, I'm that, pausing. Okay. I'm pausing it. I'm pausing it on. I'm a gender neutral clothing designer whose work prioritizes trans and non-binary folk. All right. Like totes? folks. And if you have a gender neutral line that stops at a 2X, what are you doing? It is wild to see in the year 2023 now that gender neutral fashion is a lot more widespread than it used to be. That Gender neutral fashion. You mean pants? Gender neutral. You mean, you mean pants? What's gender neutral fashion? What's gender neutral fashion when we don't know what a woman is, so we can just wear whatever we want. If a man can wear it, like what's, isn't that, <clears throat> isn't that a, isn't that sexist or genderist or whatever? If you're saying there's gender neutral fashion, isn't that like kind of bigoted in itself by the leftist's argument? <clears throat> isn't everything gender neutral if 
we don't know which is which and you can just do whatever, isn't it? Shouldn't anything be anything in that case? Brands are still not being size inclusive when all over their sites, they have revolutionary language about breaking barriers in fashion. Keyword revolutionary. Oh, we know, we know. We know you're trying to launch a revolution. We get it. Look at those fucking eyebrows. Look at those eyes, dude. Let's just talk. Let's hold the eyes. Hold the phone. They never lie. Yo, look at the look at those eyes. This is what we call fucking crazy eyes. Though that that's those are soy eyes. Those are tofu eyes. Disrupting the industry, yet they can't include their plus size customers. If you're building a brand that profits off of inclusivity, you have to back that up in more ways than one. And really, this just speaks to the idea of people having a very narrow mindset of what androgyny and non-binary identity is and looks like, assuming that this is a thin person. Ten seconds. As I expanded my own line up to a 6X, it cost oh. me time, it cost me money, but... Oh my god, your business cost you time and money? Oh my God, it costs money to raise a, raise a business? But my communism. Oh my God, you have a business? You have a business? Ultimately, it was worth it. And I hope other brands follow suit. So let me know what you think about this and follow for more LGBT fashion content. <clears throat> well, I mean, if you have demand for it, then make it. If there's demand for this kind of clothing, then make it. And if you survive, good. It's called capitalism. So remember... You have to be careful with this marginalized victim content because you're profiting. This is called capitalism. This is all what you're saying is capitalism, supply and demand. There's not much demand for 6XL, but, you know, go ahead and make it. Just, you know, if you're selling, look, I, I don't care. Does, does anyone care if someone has a business that caters to this shit? It's like, fine, make a 6XL. I don't give a shit. Our shirts are and some hoodies and stuff, they come in a 5XL fine. Some people buy 5XL. Some people just like oversized sweatshirts and some people are obese and some people are fucking tall as shit, you know, and they need to get something that's super big, whatever, whatever. Mark, don't, uh, don't spam the chat, please. Um, so let's see. Yeah, she's a capitalist. Cool. Oh my God, gender inclusive. Just make the products that your people want. It's not This is not complicated. Gender neutral fashion has sizing problems. Yo, if you're, if look, if you have a lot of customers that are demanding a 6XL, is anyone concerned? Like just then make 6XL. If you have people saying, oh, like, oh, we have a lot of questions. We have a lot of people asking, for 6XL shirts or like, then fucking make it. It cost me money and time. Do you, you want a cookie? Oh, you made a product that cost you money and time. Okay. If you have people that are demanding it, that's great. Run your business. It's fine. Just don't be surprised when you say or do something wrong and then everyone boycotts your business because you're a bigot or something. Okay, um, last thing, I know, I know. What's in the box? We have the Tainted Man, this is the last one. I know we don't want to see her face, we don't want to see her face at all, but first we have the Churchy. We have the Churchy. Her eyes open when I say her name. Good girl. All right, this is called Things I'll Never Say. 
Um, unfortunately, this is not videos I'll never make. So Caterpillar eyebrows is back. Ten things as a personal trainer I would never, ever say. Number oh my God, she's a personal trainer. Jesus Christ. All right, well, I have much experience doing this, so let's see how awful this is. Ten things as a personal trainer I would never, ever say. Ten things as a personal trainer I'll never, ever say. I'll never say. Ten things as a personal trainer I would never, ever never. say. I'd never Number say. one, the one. only workout you regret is the one you didn't do. Didn't we, do we do this one already? It's hard to tell because sometimes we've done different things and different. Okay. Uh, yeah, you should. Okay. You're being correct. There's a bunch of reasons why you can regret a workout. The one you injured yourself in, the one you. We did this one already. This is old. This is old. No, we did this one already. You guys might not remember this, but it's fine. We did this one already. Okay, let's get into the swole card, and then um, we will do a throwback. So it's okay. We got a throwback. We'll do two throwbacks. We'll do the swole card, and then we'll do two throwbacks to make up for it. How about that? How about that? You like that? Two throwbacks? It's better off that way. All right, swole card time. Here we go. Get swole. It's all good. We've done that one before. All right, uh, we got a winner today. It's Emily 042. Emily 042, congratulations. All right. Congratulations. Emily, send us an email to support at swolecard2756 in the subject, your mailing address in the body of the email. Congratulations. Congratulations, Emily. And a reminder, don't nobody go nowhere. We got two throwbacks. Soundboard request, let's fucking go. That gorilla has seen the city of Zen. Before we get into those throwbacks, make sure you all hit the thumbs up button, fam. It helps tremendously. Hit the thumbs up button. Share the show with your friends. Drop a comment, but subscribe on Rumble. Hit the thumbs up. Give me all the bacon and eggs you have. My name's Forrest. Forrest Gump. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. I like to caress rusty spoons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion. You guys have great taste. You need to stop being a lady. Quit worrying. You'll be back These are all your requests. No time. So drop in the chat. You guys have real good taste. Real good taste. As you can see, my nipples have been removed from my body. Where they are, I don't know.
and my existence, while grotesque Aww, and incomprehensible churchy. to you, saves lives. Oh, sweet Churchy. We did it. Very nice. Very nice. We got to do throwbacks now. Hold on. Daddy's got to crank up the hog. Oh, you're so cute. Say hi to the fam. You're so cute. Oh, I love you. I love you. Okay. Good girl. Good girl. Yeah, shake it out. Shake it out. <sighs> okay, throwback time. Let's fucking do it. You ready? Let's fucking do it. Oh, fam. Oh, by the way, tomorrow is Thanksgiving, but um, we're going to be here in the morning. So um, maybe a little bit earlier than today, too. So just be ready for tomorrow morning. Maybe around the same time, actually. But tomorrow morning, another episode we don't miss. And then we have overtime on Friday. So overtime with a brand new drive mall gaining and such. So let's get into what we got here. Throwback. Hmm? Ah, let's see. Um, all right, let's do this one. Here we go. We do two dolls today. Kardashian's been quoted as denying her son Mason French fries from McDonald's for about a year. And here's why I think that's a big problem. Oh, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, you should not be eating McDonald's French fries, period. I'm Abby Sharp. I'm a registered dietitian. And oh, I God, let one. my kids eat fries. Hi, my name is Taylor and I'm going to the zoo. Go Tigers. Oh. Kids who are heavily restricted <laughs> of certain foods are more likely to sneak them and overeat them because they've been taught to put those foods on a pedestal. Uh, oh, my God. You're just this, like this any other... Wreck stupid fat american why don't you educate your child this is what you should do you should educate your children your ah. children are not stupid stop ah. treating your children like fucking idiots those mcdonald's fries hold so much power and allure and cancer boys eventually become young men who are going to be in charge of feeding themselves and we will teach them right listen i'm not suggesting that we serve french fries for every meal or even every day so shut the fuck up yeah, let's just give them fucking crystal meth once in a while. They'll be fine. You know, by giving them that shit. Like, how about you educate them on how poisonous it is? Why don't you show them how it's made? Explain to them. They, I'm not saying kids are never going to eat fries. I've eaten that shit before, but I wish I didn't. You know, I mean, it's like they're not good. It's objectively really, really, really bad for you. So I think you have to just raise your kids and it's not brainwash. I mean, it's not brainwashing them. It's not instilling fear it's explaining i think what happens is when parents are saying no you can't have that because i said so because i'm in charge because i said so you can have it when you're older not when you're under my roof it's like because i said so when you do that kind of stuff 
kids are like, you're a hypocrite or they see you eating shit too. And they see the parents like, you can't go to sleep. You have to go to bed because I said so, because I'm the parent. And then they see you staying up till like midnight watching TV and they want to stay up and watch TV or you can't eat. They see you eating cookies. No, no, you can't have it, but I want to go. You have it in the house and you put it on the top shelf so you can eat it, but they can't. It's hypocrisy. So if you educate them and you talk to them like an adult, I know that they're a child, but that's why you talk to them appropriately so they can learn these words and terms. And if they see you living a certain way and you explain to them why and how diabetes and all these diseases and we don't do that because we feel our bodies properly, it doesn't mean they'll never eat it. They're going to be their own person. They kind of come out of the womb with their own personality. So it doesn't mean that they'll never, ever have it, but you can still educate them properly. You're not going to be able to protect them from everything. That's not the point. You're not supposed to protect them from everything. You're supposed to teach them the skills in order to make proper decisions in life. <clears throat> All right. I mean, I, I understand it's not easy. I'm not saying it's going to be simple. Like when I have a kid, like what's going to happen if they go to someone's house or there's like, you get to choose who they hang out with and who they spend time with and who has the same values, right? So, you know, I'm not saying that like my child's never going to eat that kind of stuff, but obviously it's not going to be in the house. I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to make sure that they have the information understanding why I don't put that poisonous trash in my face hole. And honestly, if you raise kids properly and they're eating real food, they're not going to have this predisposition. They're not going to have this programmed addiction to these foods in the same way. A lot of times they're going to eat that stuff and it's going to taste super sweet or super like, oh my God, because they're used to eating real food and fruit and stuff like that. For people that eat this kind of stuff, like it's hyper, hyper palatable. And a lot of people are just used to it because they stuff their face holes. You see so many kids nowadays that they eat a piece of fruit. They're like, oh, I don't want that fruit. I don't want that. If you don't think fruit is sweet, your face is broken. Or you don't know how to pick fruit, but your face is probably broken. Like your taste buds are and your brain is completely hijacked. All right. One more scary times. This is very scary. I've been seeing oh, an shit. influx of people justifying their fat phobia with having biodysmorphia or eating disorders. <laughs> For at least the last hundred years, fat phobia has been a deeply ingrained part of our society no, in all hasn't. aspects of society as well. No, it so it does take time <laughs> to unpack that, but you have to be willing to unpack that. No, pack it. No, keep and that if shit you remove luggage. those fears and negative connotations with your body being fat. Negative connotations, you mean death, disease. Uh, if you uh, want to be fat, that's on you, but it's extremely unhealthy. And you're setting yourself up for a host of fucking problems. When you do have those days that you see your body as larger, you won't be upset because you won't perceive it as a bad thing. You are so toxic. Yeah, just change how you look at it. Change how you look at it and then you won't have the same problems. Just say that it's not bad anymore. You could be fat. You can be fat and be healthy. You can be fat and be healthy. I'm sorry, Lizzo, healthier than I'll ever be. You can be. be fat and be healthy. I'm sorry, Lizzo, healthier than I will ever be. All right, fam, thanks for being here. Um, stay tuned. We got amazing uh, Black Swole Week specials for memberships and stuff. If you're thinking about joining the Swole Fam, I'll probably be posting on the audio about that. But uh, today's episode 2756. Tomorrow, 2757. If you have not yet checked out all the merch, we got 20% off site-wide on uh, papaswolio.com. We have a bunch of new drops. We have a brand new website. Um, how many of you did I, was that yesterday, the day before? How many of you have checked out the brand new website? So it's doing really well. 
Um, it, it works, seems like it works pretty flawlessly. So spandex is not a, is a privilege, not a right. We got the Veil Puto Gimnasio, Frosty the Swole Man design. We have the Abominable Swole Man and a lot of all, des, you know, other designs, but everything, everything that we make, flags, shirts, ringtones, everything and anything is 20% off site-wide and the discounts automatically applied at checkout. So you don't have to like remember any code. So if you have people that you want to get gifts for, now's the time and you will get your stuff before before Christmas, but you got to order soon, especially if you're ordering hats and things like that. Some of these prints take a little bit longer. So just make sure that you are putting in your orders now. That way you don't get backed up. If you're getting gifts for people, don't wait till the last minute. I would hate for you to order um, something and then it doesn't come in time. So you still have plenty of time. So make sure you place those orders and spread the the gift of gains to friends and family. So uh, if you haven't checked out the brand new apparel site, go to papasolio.com and uh, swanormousx.com to join the fam today. And thanks for being here. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace, McGee's Deuce, Magoose, your boy, Papa Swolio. Oh, 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 out.